Welcome back to Stay in Your Lane, everyone. Uh, podcast here by Triple T Transport. I'm your host, uh, John Maley. And today we've got Joe Lombardo with us again. It's been a while, Joe. Yeah, it has, John. How you doing? Good. Been pretty pretty busy. And I think the, uh, the, the changes that we've seen in the industry that we've been talking about over the past month have uh, mostly been the economic changes. So, uh, you know, I definitely uh, thank you for, for coming back on and, and sharing your thoughts with us. Um, uh, for those of you who don't know Joe, Joe is uh, uh, founder and uh, president CEO of uh, Eagy Avenue & Associates, a consulting company. How many employees you got, Joe? Uh, you're looking at the whole staff right here. That's all of it. I like That's it. Good. Yeah. I brought the whole company to this uh, podcast. Oh, did you really? All right. Well, um, those of you that don't know Joe's background, Joe spent uh, 10 years, uh, what, 25, 30 years ago, Joe? Yeah. Uh, you were at uh, Nabisco uh, right. handling West Coast transportation, et cetera. And then, uh, you know, formerly uh, director of Nestle. And you right. handled uh, everything from transportation to private fleet to many, many, many different roles. So, yeah. uh uh, now you consult, uh, always a value, and thank you so much for participating. Today I'd like to talk about procurement. And the question that, that we, we have is, has the role changed moving forward in light of uh, maybe some inflationary times, uh, escalating fuel at record levels with inflation, uh, skyrocketing interest rates? Uh, it looks like we're headed down into a, a, a pretty serious recession in the future. So, you know, uh, has the role from, from what you're hearing and, and seeing outside of our four walls uh, and your thoughts? Sure. Again, thanks for the opportunity, John. I appreciate it. I'm going to start with a quote. And this is from uh, Christian Martin. He's a director of procurement at the London School of Economics. And he's talking about procurement savings. Savings are a useful a metric as how quickly you answer the phone. So he's not a big believer in uh, savings as an isolated metric. And that's why I think that's, and that's what he's referring to. Uh, you know, a lot of the, the procurement uh, industry, procurement professionals, they have always been measured on cost savings. And is that cost savings versus last year, versus budget, versus historical? Again, what? And it's always a, there's always a debate on what are you actually measuring it against. So his 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 uh, his theory is that yeah, metrics is okay. You, know, you need a you need a cost metric absolutely, and you need it to um, you know make sure that your suppliers are working with you. Are they driving out costs? Are they being efficient? So you need to get the right metric and cost, whatever that is. But he's he's saying that needs to be expanded because uh, procurement is more than just a low cost. If you look at just low cost, you're going to sub-optimize some other part of the overall supplier value chain. So his point is that you need to be looking at, you know, are you delivering it on time? Are you delivering it complete? Uh, do you have sustainability goals? Do you have any of these ESG goals? I mean, there's a lot more involved than just cutting price or getting under a a cost number, a budget, whatever you want to call it. So I think some of the articles I've read, uh, 
people are looking more at the totality of the uh, total cost of TCO, total delivered, total delivered costs, not just the cost of transportation, not just looking at a single cost metric. So I think that's that's a change that I think is going on. And with inflation that has been has been battering the industry, uh, it's probably a good time to do it because I, I don't know how many people on the procurement side can show any savings. You know, when costs are uh, you know rising some in some categories by double digits. I think right now, Joe, I think that brings up a great perspective. Um, to to your point right now from a cost savings, you may be saving money in line haul, but you're giving it back up in fuel. Exactly. Fuel fuel is something that, you know, it can't be, you're not be able, you can't control fuel. Now, let me step back. Depending on the company, the size of the company, you can, you know, get into the futures market and try to hedge home heating oil, which is equivalent to diesel. And again, when I was at Nestle, I mean, we had a procurement group that hedged home heating oil. Again, trying to offset you know, some of the fuel increase, the fuel surge on increases that we saw. Now, there's risk there. I mean, I mean, it's not for the faint of heart. It's not maybe it's not for smaller companies that don't have that kind of expertise. The large companies, again, like a Nestle, like a Unilever, like a Kraft Heinz, one of the tools that they have is hedging the price of commodities. And those commodities could be grain, coffee, uh, cocoa, a large variety of oils, soybeans. And one of the things that we at Nestle, we hedged home, home heating oil, which is basically the same as diesel. So we, we went out and we bought futures, depending on what, how we thought the price was going to go up or down, to try to hedge our spend that we paid carriers with fuel, with fuel surcharge. Now, again, that was done in 2000. The last time I, I when I was with Nestle, it was 2012, and we, we were doing it then. Are they doing it now? I, I don't know. I don't know if that's still a strategy. But that's one tool that you could use as a large company to hedge fuel costs. Well, that's a, that's another perspective. I don't. I think the majority of our listeners may not understand that. That, right. that perspective, but back to the, the gentleman's quote, would you repeat that again for everyone? Sure. Okay, the quote is from Christian Martin, Director of Procurement, London School of Economics. He's talking about cost savings and procurement. He says, they're as a useful metric as how quickly you answer the phone. So he's not putting much stake into cost savings. And the reason I think he says that is because he's looking, he, most people, a lot of people look at cost savings in isolation, not in links with the entire supply chain. So uh, driving out cost uh, to, to earlier when, when you were making some statements there, um, you're going to sub-fund yourself into a problem. You could sub-optimize other parts of the supply chain. Yeah, I mean, you can get you know, maybe you reduce cost in transportation or in warehousing, but you maybe you get a suboptimal operator and all of a sudden you have late deliveries, you have you late know, fees. lines that are going down, you have sales that you can't put product on the on the selling floor. So again, do you suboptimize one part? Well you get all these great savings in, in, in the cost savings category. No, that you it's a, it's a lot to, to decipher, right? 
And yeah. in, in most organizations, you have stakeholders. Right. Okay, in large organizations per se, you have stakeholders and, and they're wanting, uh, you know, to show that they've saved money. Yep. Well, you may show line haul rates have gone down, but fuel's going up, so you're just kicking it from one bucket to the next. Right. But uh, you, you mentioned earlier, uh, previously, when I, I had you on, uh, you made a statement that, that resounded uh, with me, uh, especially, um, that y- your boss shared with you when you first started at Nestle, you're not going to get fired for paying an increase. You will, however, get fired for not delivering to the customers on time. Yeah, that was, uh, you know, the VP, the VP at the time, Rob Iverson, we had our first meeting in California, and that was one of the first things out of his mouth. He says, you know, Joe, I can live with cost increases, you know, to a point. He says, I can't live with bad service. I can't, I can't live with misdeliveries. I can't live with sales breathing down my back. So that's got to be a focus. We need quality carriers. We need good service. That was his focus. Now, other other VPs that I've worked for through the years had a different focus. So, but I, I, I always remember that. Well, I think it shows some wisdom. Yeah, I agree. You know, uh, it starts at the top. Uh, there, I think if you look hard enough, there's ways to drive out cost. Exactly. And, uh, but at the end of the day, you're going to drive, you can potentially, you can drive costs down to an unsustainable level where, you know, then it ends up not saving money across the board. It costs money. Yeah. No, I, so someone at, someone at every organization has to balance that, right? And set the parameters yeah. for how that scale is going to work out between maybe transportation, sales, accounting, budgeting, you know, forecasting. You can go out and do some creative things that are outside the network uh, that really don't have anything to do with it, like uh, buying, purchasing futures on the, the home heating fuel oils and, and mm-hmm. those types of things. Uh, to offset maybe your spend. Um, but I don't know how many companies are looking to do that for a minute, uh, an offset yeah. perspective. Again, I think that would be bigger companies. Expertise needed in that. I mean, you need to, you need to know the markets. Uh, that's, it's not for the faint of heart when you deal in the futures market. Uh, but it, it's a tool that's out there. And even for a mid-sized, smaller carrier, you know, if they've got a financial advisor, financial person, they may they may be uh, equipped to do some to do some hedging. Again, I wouldn't recommend you. You got to know what you're getting into. It, it, you could lose a lot of money too if you if you uh, guess the wrong way on the market. Well, I think that happened to uh, Flying J truck stops. Oh, really? Yeah. Do you remember uh, when now they're all pilot, okay. unoperated? Uh, I think the the fuel fluctuation, they were buying their diesel on on futures specs. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, and did really well at it for a while and maybe didn't see it coming. Yeah. And now they're all pilot owned. Yeah. So, one, you know. One company that was pretty successful in doing it was in the airline industry. Southwest Airlines was very successful at hedging jet fuel. And they, a, lot of, a lot of years, they made quite a bit of money, which you really shouldn't be making a lot of money because then you get into speculation versus hedging. 
but they were very successful in what when they did it. Now I'm sure it, the market turned on them too, and they probably took a beat down one quarter. But again, I don't know if they still do it. I don't know if the airlines do it. They used to do it. I'm not sure if they still do it. Hmm. That's an interesting way to to try and fund uh, and offset some costs. I, I like yeah. the I like the thought process. At least you're not just sitting there to be a victim. Exactly. But in the same in the same regard, I think you have to have that wisdom too. Yeah. So you know, just because you're good at one thing doesn't mean you're good at everything. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So you you uh, it's safe to say that uh, maybe the role of procurement uh, is transitioning a, a great deal since. I, I think that I think since COVID and now with this high inflation, I mean, people in the C-suite, if they've got any. You know, if they're rational people that just don't look at beating down suppliers on cost, they should be looking at more than just the cost. It's the completeness of the delivery. It's the quality. It's all those things that, you know, are are, are key into into sex, successful procurement. Again, if you can't get it there and the line goes down, it doesn't matter how much save, how much money you saved on the cost. It, it's right. it's useless. No, I, I agree, and I think many people are going to see what uh, either correct steps they've taken or incorrect steps they've taken, because I think there's, you know, inevitably it, it's not going to stay stagnant. It's going to move yeah. back and forth, yeah. and that's when we're going to see uh, the the you know, sometimes you you save money and it works out real well in the short term, but in the long term, it costs a lot. Exactly, and I wor I worry now that. Because the market, you know, because capacity and demand are getting more in sync, that that some of the stakeholders in companies are going to be beating up their transportation people to go back and get some of that money that they've been spending on uh, on rates and service. So, again, short term you can do that, but you know, long term, you know, you're probably a lot of re relationships. All right, I think uh, a couple weeks we're going to do. Uh... Another, uh, I want to have one on, um, will demand support the number of brokers that are in the market today? That's an interesting topic. I'd like to get into that because uh, I have a problem just figuring out how many brokers there truly are in the U.S. Maybe you have a better feel for it than I do. I do, and uh, okay. I'd, I'd love to have your input on that. One, okay, great. All right. All right, I'll see you next time. Thank you, Joe. Take care.